Ho, 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 hello, and welcome back to Bar Humbug, the Christmas movies podcast that thinks that Mariah saying she doesn't want a lot this Christmas, but does want you, is kind of insulting, really. Mind you, she's still the queen. Hello, I'm your host, Helen O'Hara, and today I'm going to be looking at Love Hard, a Christmas movie that takes the hellish phenomenon that is online dating and tries to spin cutesy Christmassy goodness from it. Well, at least someone's getting something out of it. Now, this film focuses on Nina Dobrev's Natalie, who is a dating columnist in LA, but can't find any luck in her love life with just a stream of bad dates and unsuitable prospects. At her friend's advice, she widens her search to the entire continental USA, which, you know, feels like a bit of a stretch. But she does end up with the apparently perfect Josh. Now, after lots of telephone chat and encouraging messages, she impulsively decides to fly across the country to meet him, only to find that Josh actually looks like the faintly nerdy Jimmy O. Yang of Silicon Valley fame, and that the dishy pictures she was looking at are actually his childhood friend Tag, played by Darren Barnett of Never Have I Ever. The real Josh persuades her to stay in town and promises to help her impress Tag if she'll convince his family that he actually has a girlfriend. Now, it is a weird, catfishing-tastic setup, but these are surprisingly cute characters. So to talk about it, I enlisted the help of actor, comedian and movies superfan Richard Sandling. Now, you might know Richard from his series Richard Sandling's Perfect Movie, or his more experimental film series with the Squat Betty avant-garde film night. That all said, he is not the biggest consumer of silly Netflix Christmas rom-coms, so this is one area where I actually have something to contribute to the conversation, and it's kind of an outsider's take on a very indoors kind of a film. So here is Richard, God bless him, watching Love Hard and talking about it with me. Please enjoy. So, Richard, welcome to Bar Humbug. Happy Christmas. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know, if full of the Christmas spirit, uh, obviously. With gin or...? <laughs> no, no, mostly wine, mulled wine. Mulled wine, of course. I'm very disappointed <laughs> that mulled wine isn't an all-year thing. But, uh, I mean, obviously it can be. You just boil up some wine. But I, I do like mulled wine. I am a big fan, so... Yeah, it should, it should definitely be around for longer, I think, than it is. You know, it's... Uh... You have to go out of your way to find a market the rest of the year to, that's actually serving it. So it seems it seems unfair. So yeah, so you are a big film fan. We should we should get this out of the way. This is a major part of what you do, isn't that right? Yes, yes, I do like films. Uh, I used to be a stand up comedian, like as a, my main job, and the main thrust of my stand up was film and particularly my love of uh, VHS tapes and things like that. Uh, back when VHS was still a thing. Because obviously they say when you're a comedian, just talk about what you know. And I sort of really miss, mm. miss sort of interpreted that very literally and just sort of spoke about videos and films and didn't do any, any accessible material that anyone might enjoy at Jonglers on a Friday <laughs> night, <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's close enough. I, obviously, with my friends, yeah. that sounds like the absolute perfect comedy yes, night, you yeah. know, so... Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the thing. And then I set up a film night called uh, Richard Sandling's Perfect Movie, which was a show for comedians to talk about film. Every, every comedian had to do a set about films. And then the headline bit right. was the headline is we would recreate their favourite scenes from films and sort of act them out so they got to be in their perfect movie, beginning, middle and end. Wow. And it's very odd to think that even wow. in 2009, 
that was something where you go, I'm doing a thing where you can talk about your enthusiasm. Everyone be like, oh, brilliant. I never get to do that because I have to make money on the circuit. So now, like, the nerddom thing and the geekdom thing is quite prevalent. Like, everyone knows about comic books and superheroes and things. But back then, like, loads of comedians were like, oh, brilliant. I can talk about something I actually want to talk about. And that's 2009. So we've come a long way. But, uh, yeah, I decided to just talk about films and nonsense <laughs> from word go. <laughs> so. I mean, look, I can only approve this decision. It seems entirely sensible to me. But recently you've been more, like, it's fair to say, in films and on TV and things like that. Yeah, right? yeah. It's been very nice, this sort of transition from comedy into acting. And, yeah, got to sort of be in some films and, you know, lots of... Uh, it's quite nice because sometimes you start, you do, like, sort of bits of commercials and a line here and a line there, and then you get to that point where people will see you for actual roles in actual things, which is really nice. And particularly as you're a fan of films... You know, to be in lots of low-budget British movies, which are all quite interesting. Not necessarily the most successful films, but when you, you're sort of... There's very little I'm in that I'm not happy to be part of, which is quite lucky, I think, for an actor. I think a lot of actors, they'll have a lot of their CV. They'll sort of like, oh, let's not dwell on that. Or let's, you know, just did it for the money. Uh, most of these films are not are not done for the money. <laughs> so, like, it's quite nice to uh, <laughs> be in stuff you're very proud of, you know. And stuff that yeah. sort of is like, oh, actually, that was interesting, and I got to be part of an interesting film. It's nice to have that, you know, CV you can be proud of is quite nice. Was there anything that really surprised you when you went on a film set? Was 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 it a you know learning experience in the sense of, oh, this is how they do that? Yeah, oh, well, wow. actually, one of my first things I ever did because I used to want to be crew. I never really wanted to be an actor when I was at university. It was always to be in production, uh, and I couldn't get a job because obviously you have to work for free and I don't have any money and I don't live in London. So I couldn't like live in London for free working on movies because that wasn't possible. Uh, so then I sort of got through the job centre extras work on like TV. And I went to, I remember it was the first series of Murphy's Law, uh, which was the James Nesbitt uh, uh, undercover cop thing. And I was, I was on set for the, um, the snooker episode with uh, Adrian Dunbar. And so being an extra, just watching snooker, and then you just sit on a film set going, oh, so that's the first AD, that's the third AD. So I had that, I had luckily had that moment when I was just doing an extra's work. And then you go, ah, oh, and then you get that frustration because you go, I could do that. I could definitely do that. And then you go, yeah, I could do that. Why don't they give me a light? I'll just make it, you know, turn into sort of boys from the black stuff. You're like, you're just making cups of tea. I can make <laughs> cups of tea. Here's a job. And then it sort of, <laughs> so then, then you go, well, it's just, then it just sort of weirdly became easier. Like I sort of ended up just being an actor because I just couldn't get on film sets to like be a third AD. Uh, so I'm very much, a, I feel very much like a goalkeeper that's ended up playing centre forward. You know? <laughs> not, I'm not unhappy, but it's not I what I planned for. <laughs> so. I just, I, I really want to see you, you know, giving this Oscar speech one day going, like, I just wanted to be a second AD. <laughs> I, I don't do, understand. I just, to, I just wanted to wrangle the extras. That's all I've ever wanted to do. And here I am. Here I am, best director. This is sickening. Sickening. <laughs> <laughs> Shame on you all. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying the onset the onset production has lost a gift in this man right here. It's so true. It is so true. So um but let's talk Christmas movies. So I have um God bless you, you've agreed to talk about Love Hard. Yeah. Uh, one of one of uh, the the films that Netflix files under Romantic Christmas. Um, <laughs> so is is that is that a heading that you habitually turn to on Netflix? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I do I do enjoy the Netflix concept of what what a genre is. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Although the algorithm, it's loose. The I think it's very the algorithm is now kicking in fully. So I do now get lots of things saying films under 90 minutes, because that's really, that's mostly all oh. I want. Like, 
you know, it's all. I mean, I, I, I understand films have to be long, but usually they're not really very good films. And they're like, this film is two hours and ten. Like, why? Why? It's just, it's just like some people doing a thing. There is no epicness to this whatsoever. It's like, come on. Uh, but yeah, but I would say that Christmas movies in general are not my, not my thing. <laughs> like, not against them. I would say it's like I have a sort of immunity to them. They don't work on me. Like whatever it is they do, it doesn't. I'm like I'm immune to their charms. Very much like power. Yeah, like okay. power ballads don't work on me. Nothing against them. Nothing against them, but they just don't do what they're supposed to do to me. Uh, so watching the Christmas movie, any Christmas movie, I'm like, what's what's this? <laughs> like what's so it's like <laughs> trying to understand and like. Having any concept of whether it's good compared to other Christmas romantic comedies is quite tricky because mm. I don't really have any other frame of reference other than this one. I've obviously <laughs> seen Christmas movies and romantic comedies, so I'll have to use that broad palette as a as a measuring stick. Okay. Well, with that caveat in place, what was your impression of this one? Well, it's <laughs> I mean, it's it's like it's quite. I don't like to use the word nice because that sounds like you're, you know, it doesn't have a, a sort of double edged compliment, isn't it? But it's quite, a, you know, it's nice, you know. I think was it Alexi Sale did the thing about biscuits are nice. Don't, you know, biscuits are nice. Don't say something's nice. Um, but it's like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't bored when I watched it. I didn't hate it, but it was kind of, you're watching a sort of quite, it's just, I suppose it's a Christmas feel-good romantic comedy, it's quite slight, isn't it, in terms of, like, what actually has to happen. There's no huge drama <laughs> or melodrama. The main thing is you just basically got to not get too carried away with how easily explainable all the sort of kerfuffles and, you know, this is a really awkward situation you've got yourself in that easily could have been resolved if you'd have just said something. <laughs> like, So you have to go, oh, I see, so we're just going to just got to go with it. So the thing is you just got to go with it. And I think if you go with it, it's... It's good. Everyone's very charming. You know what I mean? It's there's yep, attempts at yep. comedy. There's no sort of bad jokes in the way that it's not it's not unfunny. It's just because it's mm. it's dealing with sort of online dating. And they do mention some of the pitfalls and the sort of you know, but online dating is an absolute yep. horror show and most of the men on oh, it it's a are absolute most of the men on it are absolutely repulsive. So they but because this is an upbeat Thing. They can't really go into that in too much detail. So you have to kind of you go, I'm just trying to find Mr. Right online. You go, that's never gonna happen. And then everyone who's ever it's never gonna happen because uh that's not that's not how that works. And you kind of so there's sort of it's a weird like you have to sort of go, well, I'm just gonna accept that that's the that's the coat hanger they're hanging it on. And you just constantly always trying to sort of battle internal logic to not get like this is stupid. Oh, yeah. You have to no. sort of go with it, but it's quite hard no. when you have that internal yeah, logic no. is a big thing for me. It's tricky to sort of go, oh, no, I see. There is no internal Just got to let this go. And, uh, yeah, so it's like, but it's like likeable leads. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like it's, mm. but it's, it's also it's one of those films where you have to, like, it has to happen. Like, they have to go, it has to be weird. They have to do a thing, then they have to meet. You know, it's all predictable. And that, that's not a criticism. I'm just saying, like, most films are inevitable, aren't they? Really, it's just how interesting mm. it is. It's like Thanos. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> just it. But it is like, you have to just basically go, some, they're all going to get together, but how interesting is it, and how like annoying is it, like how convoluted is it, rather than like interesting, do you know? And it didn't seem like it was that stupid. It wasn't like that stupid, if you understand that all of it is stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, and I mean that. Oh look, I, yeah. By the standards of this genre, I think this is one of the smart ones. Yeah. Now, I, that 
let me be clear, that's a very low bar. The standards <laughs> of this genre are on the floor. But this one has genuinely clever lines. Yeah. It has leads who have been in proper movies and who know how to carry a proper movie, yeah, yeah. which is not always the case with the deepest of respect to some of the people out there who have tried their best. Um <laughs> You know, it it's shot in a way where you can see people, and the colors aren't horrific. Like it, it's it's decent. This is a decent mm. example of the genre. I have not given you the worst. I promise. No, no. But well, also, I think like on IMDb, it's like six point three or something. And you think that's like I'm not. Don't mean that's a six out of ten movie, but that's fair because like a lot of films like this, they get an unnecessarily large amount of hate. Do you know, like, because people mm. go, this is this is rubbish, particularly if it's not your cup of tea. People go, this is rubbish. And you go, it's not rubbish. It's like, that's what I was trying to make. Like, it's, it's just not the sort of something I would watch if I didn't have to. But having mm. watched it, like, I didn't I didn't hate watching it. <laughs> I won't watch it again. I don't know <laughs> if I'd recommend it to anyone. But, like, it wasn't awful to have to sit through it. It wasn't like a chore. So it wasn't like, oh, come on. Do you know? I really uh, want all of that to be on the poster yeah, right now. Yeah, this was not I didn't a chore. hate it. It yeah. wasn't a chore to sit through. Yeah. Two thumbs up, Richard Sandling. <laughs> <laughs> but it is quite nice as well. But it's, it's not interesting. There's interesting things in it which I kind of, I don't know how, you know, how much subtext and metaphor is supposed to be going around in this, but there was some stuff where you go, oh, you know. there's another one of those. There's that's, that's popped up again. I don't know if this is a thing. Do you know, like, because you mentioned at the beginning about the Greek gods and they have people have two arms, two legs, and they split them in two. And then when she's out jogging, she's running through the Elysium fields of, like, the park's called Elysium fields. And I'm like, is this, is there... I, like none of this seems to actually have anything to do Definitely with it. Definitely metaphor. But like, but I don't understand. Like then, then, then from that point on, there's no, there's nothing else. Like there's nothing else about the Greek myths or Greek myth. You know, like oh, that's just two things at the beginning. Like so, I'm not, I'm not. That's not again, not a criticism. But you're like oh, I'm always sort of going oh, they're doing something interesting. Oh no, they're not. They've just sort of mentioned it. And then Tom Cruise gets mentioned twice, but Tom Cruise is not a thing. Do you know like why? No. Like, but surely wouldn't Tom Cruise? Like, you mentioned him twice. Wouldn't that maybe necessarily... I don't know. It just feels like you just mentioned him twice. You were expecting a cameo. Well, no. I mean, no. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 like Tropic Thunder-style cameo at the end where he's like... <laughs> but it's like, then there's no reference to anyone really liking Tom Cruise or Tom Cruise being a thing. And you go, that's fine, but you could have had a different... You could have done a different... Uh, you could use a different actor for the first mm. reference and then use Tom Cruise for the climbing. It just got a bit confusing that they could easily have found another actor uh, to mention about doing stunts. They could have done like a Jackie Chan thing or, you know, any actor who does stunts. Jason Statham does all his own stunts. Always worth mentioning Jason Statham in anything. Uh, is That's my, that's my, <laughs> always want to mention Jason Statham. He's one of your favourites, I know. He is, he is. <laughs> and then there's a bit at the end where he's doing the rock climb, you could mention Tom Cruise. But again, it's like a rock climbing thing. That's Mission Impossible 2, which was like 1990. Eight or maybe two thousand. That's like that's not a reference for young people to like to be in on. Do you know, like I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's Mission Do Impossible. People know Alex Honnold from Free Solo, the guy <laughs> who climbed El Capitan. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. There's got to be something else, There's right? Something. Buster Keaton throwing some Buster Keaton references. You know, come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, a more contemporary reference <laughs> yeah. like Buster Keaton. Yeah. That's a great, great idea. Yeah, we'll workshop it. It'll something be fine. for everyone. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> You're right. There, there was there were a few little things like that. I, I will admit, but, but I, you know, I have watched a lot of these, so my standards now are very low, possibly too low. Some people would say. Um, <laughs> yeah. what, what I find weird about this was the title, 
and the repeated discussion of Die Hard. So Love Hard feels like it's a Die Hard riff, but again, nothing about this movie, except for the fact that a bit of it takes place in LA, <laughs> seems to echo Die Hards in any fashion. Well, I suppose it's because they couldn't really call it Die Actually. That would be a weird, <laughs> would be particularly confusing for Welsh viewers. Uh, but, like, but I mean I suppose it's because there's that debacle about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not and I suppose mm. the idea is if she says Die Hard's her favourite movie then it's it's just a sort of that simple twist where she's the one saying it because she's a girl you know it's not like a big like uh, but you just make it all interesting mm. that she likes Die Hard and he likes Love Actually which is uh, imagine that would be the other way around wouldn't you uh, Whoa, and then crazy it's, yeah and then it's sort of done and then it's weird, though, because like, if you're making a film that is not, you're not confident it's going to be one of the great films that people are going to talk about forever, you shouldn't really mention other films in your genre that are better than your films. <laughs> so, like, whether you like them or not, it's going, this is just like Die Hard. I'm like, yeah, I could be watching Die Hard instead of this. <laughs> like, you know, Love Actually, don't, don't, do not care for Love Actually either. But <laughs> like, that's definitely a more competent, star-studded version of... Uh, slightly inappropriate uh, relationships at Christmas. Christmas content. <laughs> Christmas content with slightly problematic behaviour from most of the cast <laughs> on screen. Yeah, quite quite a large proportion of the men in that film are terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's like, terrible this, is like not a, this is not that romantic. Uh, it's largely terrifying that this is deemed uh, romantic. But, you know... <laughs> Uh, it's one of those situations where I was like, this film seems weird. And then everyone goes, oh, Rich, just just enjoyable. You're such a man. Don't enjoy it. Okay. And then 10 years later, it was like, love actually is quite problematic. It's like, I know. I told you. But everyone <laughs> said I was just being the grumpy man for not enjoying the romance. So I just like, okay. So, but this I'm is in, weird. I, I'm in a weird middle position yeah. on, on love, actually, which is that I, I absolutely think it's really problematic and very limited in certain places. And I absolutely have watched it multiple times. So... Mm. You know, go figure. There's yeah. enough Emma Thompson in there to keep me going, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I know. There's enough bits that are like, what's well, the thing? Yeah. And it's the, yeah, there's, 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 I don't know if this has got any classy bits in this. There's no, it's weird because none of it's bad, but nothing you go, oh, there was that great bit where they did this. Uh, because it's all like compulsory scenes which are sort of executed well, but you wouldn't go, there was the brilliant bit where that happened. It's all a bit like, ah, oh, okay. The only thing I would argue for is the rewritten lyrics of Baby It's Cold Outside, which I am tempted to go through and write down. Yeah. I feel like that would be useful for karaoke in the future. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, that, yeah, that's good. Again, it's like there's some, because there's like, there's a comedy in this where every time it's sort of not doing the romantic comedy and she's being a little bit more real and she's talking about dick pics and stuff, you go, oh, this is actually interesting, but that's not, that's not a Christmas movie. So every time she's talking about like, a slightly more realistic Sex in the City vibe, you go, this is actually quite good. But unfortunately, what they've got is a film that has to be a Christmas movie. <laughs> it's like, it's one of those like PG-15s that's basically a PG, <laughs> but there's too much content to make it a PG. But it's basically a PG. Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's no actual yeah. sex or it's just literally a bit of kissing. Do you know what I mean? There's no real like filter or anything. It's just a bit of bad language. So, like, so what, like the 12-year-olds can feel a bit daring when yeah. they watch it, but actually not be scarred for life yeah. in any way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like this should be on Channel 5 in the afternoon, but it can't be because of the, the language and, the, and the, the odd content. But yeah, there's some really good stuff here. But again, it's like understanding about those sort of things. Like, is Diet a movie? That's a thing that people moan about moan about now it's got to the point where they moan about it online and the baby it's cold outside with the uh you know 
I'm just quite glad. It was like the best thing about lockdown was, oh, we haven't got to go through whether we can play Fairy Tale in New York again online. We've got other things to worry about. We haven't got to go through Baby It's Cold Outside with the... This is inappropriate, yes. But actually, if you think about the 40s, then actually she's what she's saying is, I'd like to be in control, but society won't let me. So I'm actually day playing the game too. And you oh, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> like, you know, you've made this quite legitimate, real, like, thing that needs to be discussed instantly tiresome <laughs> like yeah, yeah, rather than that, that is so true. you've not made it like oh i'm gonna look into this just go oh god not again and usually three years in a row because it's like everyone's discovering this argument every christmas <laughs> i i cannot tell you how many christmases some part of the bbc has contacted me asking to talk about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> I think, I mean, I've, I've been at or connected with Empire for 18 years this Christmas. I think it's been at least 16 of those. I feel like it has been. Yeah. It's, it's just endless. Well, my thought on Die Hard as a Christmas movie is that when you grow up, not particularly that fussed about Christmas movies in general, also before the internet was really a thing, mm. you just go, oh, I like Die Hard, Die Hard's at Christmas, oh, great, I've got a Christmas movie I can like. And that's pretty much all there is to it. You go, oh, well, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. There's no sort of, like, edgelord, like, I'm being really cool, teenager. Do you know what I mean? I'm. It's not like my, it's not the film choice equivalent of getting a tattoo. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, I quite like Die Hard, it's set at Christmas, I haven't really got Christmas movies. Same with Gremlins. It's like it's sort of set at Christmas. Chris, I've got I've got a Christmas movie. Do you know it's not about that? And then you this whole thing comes up of all these like sort of quite smug <laughs> Radio 4 type people being massively like patronising about the sort of people who think <laughs> Christmas is a Christmas movie. <laughs> and you're like, well, I mean, I I don't sort of really care, but. The fact that the sort of people who hate the idea that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, I just can't be on on the, on their team. So I have to plant my flag squarely in Die Hard is a Christmas movie just because I can't be those people. <laughs> See, I, I agree with you. I think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. That's mm. fine. As is, you know, Lethal Weapon and Iron Man 3 and Batman Returns, <laughs> all of these films. Fine. Christmas movie, super good. What gets me about the Die Hard is a Christmas movie brigade is that a lot of them seem to care super deeply and to feel like they find a loophole in Christmas yeah. like aha but did you know that Die Hard is a Christmas yeah, movie yeah. touche <laughs> I have found a way around your sinister Christmas plans it's like dude it's fine yeah, yeah. that's cool I know but it just it does slightly baffle me it does have that air of guilty pleasure where it's like there's no such things as guilty pleasures if you actually have confidence in your own taste so, like, and it's Die Hard. You yeah. should never be guilty about no, that. Die no, Hard, for God's sake. Like Come on, the best film. It's the best film ever made. Uh, I mean, it isn't, but it, it it's very few films. It's very it's very few films. You go, actually, that's better than Die Hard. It's, it's the best there is at what it does. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah, to quote Wolverine in this, as in so many things. I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song, and Kobe from Flixwatcher, and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast, or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Well, tell me this. Look, this is a question I ask everybody, but yes. like, what are the movies that you put on at Christmas? Do you have a particular one that you watch this time of year? Well, I don't really have like a Christmas Christmas movie. Generally, what I do is I sort of 
see what's on telly and then like, I'm generally a big fan of going, oh, what's it? Because, you know, there's that, there's that kind of, I suppose, when you're sort of a certain age, and again, it's before streaming, there's that kind of, it's more like the sort of bank holiday Sunday movies. So it's not so much this is a Christmas movie, but it's like when it's a bank holiday and you've got a long Sunday, there'll be things like The Great Escape and Zulu and The Wizard of Oz, and you kind of go, yeah. I'll wait for those people and go, oh, great, I can watch, you know, I can watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang because it's it's mm. it's Boxing Day, you know? So it's not like um, Christmas movies as such. I mean, there's nothing I put on because it makes me feel Christmassy. I feel very Grinch-like about that. Uh, <laughs> and it's not, it's not exactly not a conscious thing. There's nothing that makes you feel particularly Christmassy. If anything, it's usually just occasionally uh, putting on Chris like sad, sad, melancholy Christmas songs. So it's like the what I don't I don't really put films on, but I will sort of like put. Oh, I think I listen to Fairy Tale of New York because uh, that's quite sad. Uh, and then yeah. the Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence theme tune, which doesn't technically count as a Christmas song, but it's Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. You go, this is quite sad, and it's just nice to sit there, have a bit of port, and. Uh, have a listen to the sort of slightly melancholy songs. So, go. so that's it, you know. Uh, yeah. But I generally yeah. will try and sort of wait for the telly to provide me with a, a you know, a, pre, a the- pre-1980s, like, epic, and I will watch <laughs> that. So my thing growing up, and I wonder if you're, you're probably the same era, was like trying to persuade my mother that we needed to time Christmas dinner around whatever the big premiere was on BBC One that year or whatever. So it could be ITV, other channels are available. But, um, you know, I, I was literally, if it was like, Raiders of the Lost Ark is on TV at three o'clock, mother. So we're yeah. either going to have dinner at one or five, like you take your pick, but there's going to be nothing between three and five. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. that's not happening. Well, we had that, yeah. I mean, there was, it, was, it was difficult to uh, have any say because we, have, we would always have like quite a big family Christmas. So there was mm. usually... If anything, it would usually just be as long as we were. As, to be honest, it was more timing Christmas tea so that we didn't miss the Only Fools and Horses uh, Christmas special. It was of more course. the yeah. make sure we either what time's that on? Right, so we'd have to either eat before or after it. But usually after it, because obviously for some reason every Sunday we cook a roast dinner. But for some reason on Christmas Day we like, it takes twenty seven hours to cook exactly the same roast dinner. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but... And a lot more stress. Don't forget, there's stress, so yeah. much Got to get stress. up at six in the morning to put this dinner on. I, uh, we had Christmas once and I cooked it. And I said it'll be done at one. And then uh, everyone turned up about half two. And uh, it had been ready since one o'clock because that's how you... I just It'll be done at one. Why? It's not hard to cook a Christmas dinner. Don't know what all the fuss is about. Just get up, cook it. It's <laughs> you done. just count backwards just count from backwards. the time that you want yeah. to serve. Most, you know, it's not even like I've got a big oven or... It's not like I've got like a... Like a catering kitchen you just you know christmas is just people just make such a such a faff <laughs> over like the quite rudimentary it's just basically admin people come on <laughs> just sort, <laughs> just be better at admin <laughs> just just sort out your spreadsheets in advance yeah, yeah. and it will all work out <laughs> but usually the thing for me at christmas on christmas telly is like there's quite a lot of tv shows i don't watch during the year that all have christmas specials so because everyone else wants to watch the christmas special i'm sort of like I don't watch EastEnders, but we've got to watch. So it's all trying to sort of... So I spend most of Christmas Day going, I think I'm just going to go into another room where there's not a telly on. So I actually sort of avoid, because I don't really want to watch, sit on a settee and watch like seven hours of telly I don't watch during the year. So That's fair. uh, I I will say, though, that for a few years in a row, I did watch the Downton Christmas specials, and having watched no other Downton. So I do turn into the elderly relative at that point going, and who's he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought thought she was married to your other one. Oh, he died, did he? Okay. Yeah. When was that? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I was sitting there going, right, okay. So that's sort of, sometimes you know you'd watch the Doctor Who Christmas special, but again, it's like Obviously. that was too scary for the when we got young, you know, young nieces and nephews. So he couldn't watch that, and then I'm like, well, I'll just wait, and then yeah. So <clears throat> it's interesting, but I sort of would always rather just not really watch telly on Christmas. Actually, I'd rather not watch Christmas telly and just have a chat with everyone who's there. <laughs> you know, have a lovely time socialising with with people. That would be my dream. Fair enough. Um, I was going to ask as well about Christmas traditions. Are there particular things that you have to have or do or not do at Christmas that are unusual? Uh, well, I don't know. It's probably not unusual, but I, 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 uh, I again, it just sounds like I'm just makes me sound like such a misery, but I don't particularly <laughs> like most of the food that's traditional Christmas fare. Like I don't like sultanas. Uh, so right. like Christmas pudding, Christmas cake, mince pies. I don't really like that. I actually more interested in the Christmas tea than I am in the Christmas dinner because I'm much prefer. Okay, so when you say Christmas tea, what are we talking I mean, here? Just what, like, what's the like menu? The leftovers and the sort of sausage rolls right. and maybe if you're lucky, a bit of smoked salmon and a cheese board. I'd much prefer. I'm like I'm looking forward to the cold sandwiches and the cheese board. Um, I um. I'm a, the only thing I really insist on is that uh, there's a thousand pigs in blankets. That's my main. That's yeah. my main thing because I've been some places that are like done. You know, I remember once being at uh, a Christmas and they were like, uh, "Do you mind if uh, you know Ted has the last pig in blanket?" I'm like, of course I don't mind, but why are we talking about last pig in blanket when we haven't even had tea or Boxing Day breakfast or Boxing Day lunch? Like, why is why is we why are we at the last pig in blanket? You know, that's just, this is madness, people, madness. <laughs> But also, I, I really like trifle, and most people seem to n not like trifle. So I always make a trifle because I like trifle, and it's just basically me me and my dad are like the only two people that eat it. So we've got this massive trifle all to ourselves. And I just gen that was genuinely one of the shocks, was finding out that people don't like trifle. I just genuinely find that baffling because uh, it's great. <laughs> like Even horrible trifle from the shops is nice because it's trifle. I don't really get what the... <laughs> like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> no such thing as a bad trifle. Um, I don't know I, if, if we have any American listeners. I don't know if they know what trifle is, but look it up, people. It's yeah. it's layers. Well, you do, of course. It's an American thing as well because jelly's in it. Yeah, and I assume. But it's one of those things where if you try and explain the recipe, you've got to try and then explain what all the American versions of what we think they are. You know, like custard is like vanilla pudding, basically. Isn't it? Is it vanilla pudding? Is that what they call it? So it's quite oh, complicated. It's like yeah. yeah, you're right. You're sponge right. cake and brandy, and then jelly. Jello, like jello with tinned jello, fruit in yeah. it and then custard which is like vanilla pudding and then whipped cream on the top and then hundreds of thousands it's brilliant Boom. it's like the greatest Done. thing ever it's sloppy <laughs> and it's brilliant <laughs> i did do a black forest trifle one year which was quite nice nice yeah i can recommend oh yes yeah, very very good now you're talking anyway we should probably like wrap up on this yes. film uh, having, <laughs> having, having talked about everything else this christmas but yeah i mean i i, I think I, i'm i'm interested in this because it does have a lot of the tropes and i think you've kind of identified this already but it has the outdoor activities with the potential for falling into snow, which always seems to feature in these films. The, you know, loving family that's a, a little bit dappy and dopey and com comedic, uh, klutzy heroine and, and improbable romantic schemes. These all seem to be the basis of the whole genre. So at least, you know, they tick the boxes, right? Yeah, and I think, even though obviously I don't know a lot of the other ones, there's a confidence to it where they sort of know... Just, it feels like there's a confidence in knowing that they've just got to sort of go through, not the motions, they've got to go through the, the checklist of how this has to work. And it's like, it's good. So then they have to have a problem, then they have to split up, then they have to do a thing. And, you know, it's, I sort of, I, I get it. And they sort of go, we're just going to, we're just going to throw our backs into it and sort of do it as best as we can. So I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's, I can imagine 
Because at no point did I go, oh, you know, I didn't sort of sigh or grimace or wince at like, I kind of went, oh, I know, yeah, then they're going to go over there. But it wasn't never like rubbish. Do you know what I mean? Also, because mm. people can act, there's not a load of stupid convoluted stuff. And like, he's not stupid. There doesn't, people don't drag it out. There's some weird stuff where they, you know, he turns up and they're like, this is my girlfriend. They're like, ah, like, is this the nurse? And that was a bit like, yeah, we like we get it. Like, you could probably have funnier jokes or funnier delivery. But it was, but generally speaking, it's, it's fine, you know. Mm. I can I can rock climb, and you go okay, and then she rock climbs. You know, it's like it's 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 you know it's all fine. And then it doesn't have to come down. But then it's like I put your earphones in, which is a John Hughes song from like a T. You know, it's like the John Hughes song. So you go, oh, that's really like there's lots of like stuff going on. We're like we're referencing things, and you go, I don't know why you're <laughs> like it's your favorite song. Like, that's not come up, has it? I'm not wrong. That's not come up, has it? That's just we're just playing the John Hughes. Song like like it's simple minds. I guess we're assuming it's on the dating profile yeah, or something. Know. I don't know. And then it's like, and then it's like, actually, it would be interesting. Then when they go, because no one would, no one would date me if it was me. You know, know that. And you go, of course. But then you go, I actually think like this would be, this would actually be quite interesting if you were allowed to go more into that. Even though it wouldn't work as a Christmas movie. You go, there's lots about this Christmas movie. You go, this was actually a romantic comedy. Like they didn't have yeah. to worry about the Christmas the Christmas feel-good thing, there's actually quite a good potential for this to actually be a bit more honest and real, not like full, like hard-R Netflix nonsense. Do you know what I mean? But like if you just went, you can still make quite a nice rom-com, but not have to follow the Christmas rules and just make it about like being <laughs> catfished and like, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's good. Also, like you thought thinking, I'm just going to be a Serrano de Bergerac. And you go, it sort of is, but it isn't. But it's like, right, you know, it, so it's like it understands like the rules of what it's doing and the rules of things that are pre-established in literature and movies. So it's if you like Christmas, uh, if you like Christmas rom-coms, I imagine you've probably already seen it. But if you haven't, <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> like, That's fair, yeah. And it, and it, if you want a Cyrano movie, there's a new musical version coming from Joe Wright in January. Oh, so, very you know, exciting! Got you, yeah. got you covered. That'd yeah, be fantastic. Or is it coming from Joe Wright? Is that just what he's telling us? <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to finish up, what's been your film of the year? Have you got a favourite film you've seen this year? Well, uh, <laughs> I'm not allowed to say Blonde, per uh, Blonde Purple because you're in it. Yes, so, yeah. yeah, no. All, apart from all the films I'm in, uh, <laughs> of course, apart from of the course. films I'm in, I know it sounds, it's not, it's like you're going to want something better than this, but uh, uh, the film I've actually enjoyed the most was uh, the third uh, psych TV show spin-off movie called This Is Gus, which is uh, the popular TV show Psych, which I was a massive fan of. When it got cancelled, they then, every sort of couple of years, they just make a feature film for TV. And so this is the third one. So technically it's not even really a film, it's a TV movie. But uh, uh, Psych, This Is Gus is my favourite film that I've seen this year, mainly because I just like, I just need to see those characters do some stuff. Uh <laughs> So I have really enjoyed it. <laughs> Other than that, just just older films that I have, I, like all the new, just older films that I hadn't seen before that I uh, very much enjoyed, uh, like seeing for the first time, like a lot of a uh, lot of old no wave uh, experimental New York movies from the eighties, which I've been plowing my way through. So, <laughs> oh, would wholeheartedly recommend Variety uh, by Betty Gordon. Very good about a, about a woman who works in a a cinema that shows uh, like adult movies and how she uh, gets obsessed with uh, a punter who turns up who might may or may not be in the mafia. Uh, <laughs> really good, I thought. <laughs> like so, 
I mean, obviously that's that's from like 1982, I think. But that's the best film I've seen. <laughs> that's the best film I've seen this year. So fair enough, fair enough. Oh, I'm going to check that one out. I don't yeah. think I've seen it myself. So I've heard, I've read about it, but I haven't, I haven't actually seen it. So yeah. yay. Well, awesome. Well, listen, here's to many more films in uh, 2022, whether from the 80s or not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what have? Uh, where should people go and to find out more about you? Uh, well, I'm on all the social medias, but my name is Richard Sandling. So if you Google me, I am the only one. Uh, but I am on Twitter as uh, uh, under, uh, squat underscore Betty. Because uh, obviously I joined all these things when we didn't think they would last, so I didn't worry about being easily findable. Uh, <laughs> I'm also on Instagram as the Sandling, so you can find me there. Uh, the singular one. The singular yes. one. I am the the Sandling. So yeah, and I just basically do a lot of uh, daily on Instagram. I do a lot of posting of my VHS sleeve collection, so <laughs> you can see daily VHS from my collection. That's if that doesn't entice you in, what what will? Four. What will? Wow. Where do you get your VHSs these days? Well, I don't haven't really bought any more for ages. It's just my collection from when VHS was a thing. So, I mean, I love VHS, but the joy was like just finding them randomly. So, sort of going on to like eBay or other sites are available, and then like Googling for a tape you want. That just doesn't have the same appeal. Obviously, there's tapes I'd like, but uh, the joy was to like go into a charity shop or go into a shop yeah. and go, oh, what's this? Brilliant. I'll buy that because it's 10p and I've never heard of it. Could be amazing. So it's generally uh, that. So, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. For any younger listeners, uh, VHS are the older form of DVDs. <laughs> yeah. And also for any younger listeners, DVDs are the older form of streaming. So. Yeah. For any younger <laughs> listeners, like, grow up. Just get <laughs> analogs. Analogs the future, mate. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And um, next time you come on, we'll try and get you something more experimental and or, you know, growing up. So <laughs> That's fine. Oh, dealer's choice. I'm, I'm happy with anything. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, that's it for this episode of Bar Humbug. Please join us next time for more Christmas movies madness. In the meantime, I've been your host, Helen O'Hara. This podcast is edited by Ben Williams and produced by Kobe Omanaka for Stripped Media. And if you've enjoyed the pod, please do rate us with five shiny Christmas stars wherever you listen to your podcasts. But whatever you do, happy holidays! heard a stripped media production.